Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. My name is Ken Edwards with the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Sitting to my left is Ed Maher with the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Ken. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. You're you're looking very bright over there today. Well, you, you typically wear gray and black and, you know, metal shirts. And I will. T- I, Do you have I, a big I, court appearance or something today? Will the defendant please rise? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I don't do that anymore, Ed. That's good. Um, no, I, I actually, uh, it was a suggestion made by, of all people, your mom. Yeah. That says, Ken needs to brighten up his wardrobe a little bit. So <laughs> here I am. She, she bought me a yellow shirt for Father's Day and mm-hmm. just like, you need to wear a little more color on the radio, Ed. So I haven't, <laughs> yeah, I haven't worn your, it yet. Does your mom understand it's radio? She watches us on YouTube. <laughs> and I think she listens on the radio, too. So super fan. Jane, yeah, thank you, Jane. I'll take I'll take any and all advice, Jane. Yeah. So last week we had a segment that we actually got a lot of comments about, and that was bring your governor to work day. So Ken, I understand you yes, got a, a yes, yes, volume and, two. And, and I, I got to tell you, this should not be a surprise to you. Uh huh. It's, it's this guy named Ron to something or other. Uh huh. I think he's from. Uh, uh, the great state of Florida. Of course, yes. Ron DeSantis from Florida. And mm-hmm. what does Ron DeSantis decide to do? He's already picked a fight with Disney. He's getting his clock cleaned. He really um, is. Goofy v. Goofy, as we said. <laughs> but he uh, is now picking a fight with baseball players. Baseball players. So what okay. he decided to do was pass legislation that exempted minor league baseball players from minimum wage. So <laughs> Hold on, hold on. So at first, listen, I would say, okay, well, so they're not going to make minimum wage. They're going to make more. No, 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 no. It's uh, less. They, okay. They, they are now exempt from making minimum wage. So wow. that means that minor league baseball players, some of which have unionized, but I think these are probably uh, underneath those. Um, you know, they, first of all, they have a pretty tough life yeah. as a minor leaguer. Like, you're on a bus, you're sleeping five you, people in a room, yeah. you're eating like garbage, and you're trying to make it. I mean, you're you're chasing a dream when, one in a million people When get. you get into baseball, usually yeah. if you start to take that track, you, you leave high school to do that. Of like, course, the majority right? of major league players don't have college degrees, a yeah. lot don't have GEDs, yep. so you have to commit early. Um, that's interesting. We reported last week that the city of Chicago is trying to raise the minimum wage for tipped workers to be the same as the regular minimum wage, yeah. where Florida is now trying to lower the minimum wage for baseball players. And, so, to, and to what end? I, I literally, I've, I've read yeah, why it. Why attack I've read baseball? Well, why attack Disney? Disney, like, baseball, let's just, here's the question, what's next? Apple pie. Apple pie, he's, mom, he's grandma. Gonna, yeah, he's going to sue apple pie. Yeah. No more apple pie in Florida. Anti-grandmother laws. Oh, my God. It's yeah. just, the guy's just a schmuck. Well, it's, And speaking of schmucks. Speaking of schmucks. Yeah, I want to talk about Alito. Okay. Yeah, Supreme yeah. Court Justice Alito, who, um, unfortunately for him, uh-huh. uh, got caught not disclosing... Uh, I think I think it was, it was a thousand dollar a day trip to somewhere fishing. He, he was know? going. He was going on an Alaskan trip, and yeah. he was given a spot on a plane owned by, you know, a, an extremely wealthy friend of his, who uh, you know took him on this fishing trip. It was all paid for by this guy. Yep. And he flew on the plane. And usually, this flight would have cost. I think they said uh, around fifteen thousand dollars round trip. Um, but he, uh, you know, he's he 
came out, and before the story even broke, the story yeah. came out from ProPublica, yeah. um, Alito came out with a defense first, which, you know, as a PR guy, I'll tell you, is the worst thing you could do. What did they say? Thou doth protest too much? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. If, Little, you, if you're going to try and preempt this thing, yeah. you know, first of all, his arguments, I, I read I read his op-ed, it was, it was, it was lame. Yeah. Second of all, the, you know, okay, he didn't disclose it, but... Here's the icing on the cake once again, mm-hmm. and that is this guy who who did it. His name is Singer something or other, you know, billionaire or whatever. Is uh, I think he's like the president of you know a hedge fund. Uh, that and also of course, which also comes with the territory, you know, the Manhattan Institute, uh, right wing think tank. Yeah. Okay, and his hedge fund has had I think three courses or three cases in the last at least six years yeah. in front of the Supreme Court with Alito, and Alito has gone on his side and has not recused himself despite taking things of value his defense on the plane seat was if i hadn't been sitting in it it would have been empty like that poor airplane seat would have been empty had i not said if i it. hadn't gone fishing an extra salmon would have lived right <laughs> so must kill but the I gotta, salmon. but i gotta tell you like i you know like just like we tied uh harlan crow back to to unions and labor let me just read you something okay this is from the manhattan institute where this guy who took alito on a trip is you know a trustee or president or whatever whatever it is he is there's an article sure and what does he publish what do they publish they publish anti-worker rhetoric anyone who seeks a comprehensive treatment of effects of labor unions should read this book blah 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 blah. Reynolds shows that unions prevent women and minorities from working in highly skilled jobs and cause reduction in wages of non-union workers that's the argument that this guy's making is the unions somehow actually we help reduce wages yeah, that's it's insane because as we've said on this show, there are stacks of economic studies and just the basic think about it. Think about a building trades or any union contract. Yeah. If you are a plumber, if you're a crane operator, if you're an electrician, you make X number of dollars per hour. It's not different for men, it's not different for women. And like anybody who listens said, to the show, union contract uh, does doesn't see color. Right, it's just it's just that simple. It's the but best I, protection but, you know, against wage but, inequality. But go, going back to to this and to to Harlan Crowe, the guy uh, for for Clarence Thomas, and now Alito's got one. You know, Alito's the one that was pushing um, get overturning Abood, which gave us Janice, which right. is right to work. I mean, every single worker case that comes before the Supreme Court goes against the worker yeah if, end of discussion if you're a dog catcher and you start taking money from people uh <laughs> yeah. you know you get in trouble there are ethical right. requirements at government positions and judge i mean federal judges state judges all have ethical requirements where this would be illegal but somehow the supreme court doesn't have these requirements and we're seeing it with thomas we're now seeing it with alito what's next i don't know i love the fact that this reporting is being done because people need to see that when you have an activist supreme court that is starting to take big swipes against workers against women against you know against massive groups of people um some of this stuff i'm not going to say that these justices have been bought and paid for because i'd get in trouble if i said that so i'm not saying that these justices are bought and paid for understood yeah all right listen we're going to be right back we've got bob Ryder in the studio today and bob Ryder is going to be talking about the nascar race he's going to be talking about chicago casino probably be talking about anything that comes on professional wrestling is a a passion of his (laughs) punk rock music and uh um, and also diversity uh, within the labor movement in Chicago. So we're really excited to have Bob come in. Yep. Uh, stick with us, and you'll have Ed Maher, Ken Edwards, and Bob Ryder with you right after this break on WGN 720. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. 
All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ed Maher here with Ken Edwards and uh, our very special esteemed guest, and that is Mr. Bob Ryder, the president of the Chicago Federation of Labor. Welcome, Bob, friend of the show. Fred, Ken, the show. Yeah, like thank it. you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's great <laughs> being here times. at the Workers' Mike Morning Zoo. So. Right, Morning Zoo. Oh man. Um, so, Bob, uh, you know, I've I've known you a long time, and about what about a week and a half ago, I open up my phone, I start reading, and I see an op-ed about diversity in the union movement, a labor movement here in Chicago, and it's written by who? Bob Ryder. So. It was very well written, Bob. We wanted to have you come in and talk a little bit about. Um, yeah, what you know, what uh, what prompted you to write that? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that prompted me to you know want to talk about the issue of uh, the diversity in the labor movement. You know, one of one of which was um, a piece that um, Willie Wilson, Chicago businessman Willie Wilson, wrote uh, in the Tribune, and. There are parts of labor's story, uh-huh. specifically here in Chicago and with the CFL, that I think are important. And, you know, Mr. Wilson decided to name check the Chicago Federation of Labor. Now, I am not going to sit here and say that the, that, you know, we've always done a perfect job right. in the labor movement on but, any but one issue. But you're saying he took a shot at you. Well, we have really, I think we have pretty good history in terms of, the Chicago Federation of Labor, right, and how we've engaged on issues like diversity, yeah. and inclusion, but not recently only. Like we've done it's, it, yeah. we've got a lot of stuff, but it, we're going back over a hundred years, right? Uh-huh. You know, we had a guy who was president of the CFL, one of my predecessors. His name was John Fitzpatrick, and you guys will appreciate this. John Fitzpatrick's home union was Horseshoers Local Four. Ah, the Horseshoers. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> around, you mean the game? Yeah. <laughs> so around around 1901, John Fitzpatrick was an organizer with the CFL, became president um, in 1906-ish, and John was both president and organizer. Mm-hmm. And President Fitzpatrick you know, did a lot of things that were innovative in the labor movement at the time. One, he was very close with some of our progressive uh, labor, labor allies at the time, folks like Mother Jones. He was right. actually executor of Mother Jones's Will when she passed away, oh, yeah. Wow. Um, you know, William Z. Foster, who helped, um, you know, was who was a radical uh, for sure later in his career in the labor movement. And John Fitzpatrick hung hung out with these folks and actually ran for mayor of the city of Chicago um, in the uh, late nineteen aughts. I think was it the aughts or the teens? I don't know. Uh, so, uh, you I'm, know, I'm assuming he didn't win. He didn't win. But his, we could have had a CFL president as mayor yeah. of Chicago. Yep. You know, I, but you know what? You make a good point, and people forget this. And that is, you know, for those of you that know anything about history, or, or you know, especially you know, labor in Chicago, right here, no Irish need apply. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and so now all of a sudden, you know, the Irish, if you will, Irish Americans are aren't counted uh, towards quote unquote diversity. Mm-hmm. Right, but back then, I mean, right. there were all these Irish immigrants coming here to get jobs, and they were they were you know like literally just blacklisted. No Irish need apply, well, and so you know, and and how they get into you know skill trades, et cetera, et cetera, through the unions. Well, right? and, and, and now they have risen in the ranks, and and you know, a, a large uh, cadre of them are uh, Irish American. Uh, lineage, right? Labor leaders now. Yeah, right. well, it, but the folks who were treated even worse 
during that time, during the time of the Irish need not apply, mm-hmm. were black Americans who sure. came up here during the Great Migration and were used as a way to um, uh, the the bosses used um, black workers and white workers in a way to pit them against each other, to drive down wages, to break unions. Yep. And John Fitzpatrick, in two significant ways back during this time, uh, engaged in the space to help protect uh, black Chicago workers. <clears throat> One was bringing, uh, bring, bringing uh, not just resolutions, but actually engaging in organizing mm-hmm. uh, black workers in, um, in, in industrial workplaces sure. and actually passing resolutions, but also taking action on making sure that pay was equal. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that was the policy of the CFL was to drive equal wages between black workers and white workers. And, and, and that's something and, many industries still can't do today. So that's, that's extremely significant. Well, and, and something that people would say that we don't, you know, we as a country don't fight hard enough. Right. On. And, and some would say, well, yeah, you should have been doing that. And you're right. We should have been doing it. And we did do it mm-hmm. in a time when it wasn't popular to do right. it. Right. In a time that wasn't popular to do it. Yes, we should have been doing it as a matter of course during that era, the early 1900s, and we did it. While a lot of other people were trying to exploit workers, workers of different races and ethnicities, and specifically black workers working in the steel industry, working in the packing house industry. But something else was happening here in this city that was driving, uh, and I and I would say racial tension, but direct racism here in the city of Chicago and. You know, folks who know about history of the city, know uh, history of race relations in the city, probably are familiar with the Red Summer of 1919. Now, this isn't about communism, right? The Red Summer of 1919 was when black Chicagoans were randomly getting attacked on the city streets for no other reason than their color. Right. And, and you know, during this period of time when uh, John Fitzpatrick was leading the CFL, he had started a newspaper, which is now called the Federation News, but was a weekly uh, newspaper back in back in that era that had had a decent amount of um, distribution called the New Majority, and specifically called out to white workers. White workers, you know what it's like to be targeted. Right. You know what it's like to be targeted on picket lines yep. over economic issues. Sure. It is your duty yeah. to stand up for other black. Not just workers, but citizens of this city, because you know what it's like. And if you know what it's like, you need to be there standing with them and and being advocates for them as they're being targeted for no other reason than the fact that they have a different uh, – that their skin color is different than – other folks and that's a that's a uh, it's a very simple message it's a message that we've been talking here on the show about you know child labor right you mm-hmm. have an obligation to report child labor and to not let that happen in this country not to scream backwards let's talk about today bob right well, let's, hey, right. hey i want to close this i want to i want to make this point though very clear god i did not write that op-ed and point to the things that happened back in the early 1900s as right. a way like here's a pat on the back for what john fitzpatrick did right or you know uh, good for you. We we needed to do that then. It yeah. was important for us to do that then because that was the rational and that was the humane thing to do was to stand up for all workers, especially black workers that were being um, that that were being targeted. Yeah, I'm not looking for a pat on the back because that doesn't 
That in and of itself doesn't deserve a fat pat in the back because that's what we should be doing. Right. But we need to acknowledge that we have a place in this history where we were doing things while other people were standing, well, standing on their, uh, sitting on their hands and standing quiet. Well, I think Willie Wilson, you know, uh, from many of the things that he's said over the years, he doesn't have a full knowledge of of the history of the city, of the history of the labor movement in the city, and so. Um, you know, the, the the story of Chicago labor is the story of American labor. You know, a lot of it happened here and continues to happen today. So I know that this stuff isn't a, just ancient history. You guys uh, um, at the Chicago Federation of Labor have led the fight for over 100 years and continue to do it today. So, um, you know, what are some of the things that you guys are still doing, um, you know, that I, that I think you, you really have to point out to people? So society, so you make a good point. The the history of Chicago labor is the history of American labor. Mm-hmm. But the history of labor is also the same, you know, when it comes to issues around diversity and inclusion. In a broad in a broad way, we're not special in terms of how we deal with the issue generally over time because society has gotten this issues around race wrong for decades. Mm-hmm. What we do is we try to we try to meet the meet the challenge. And you look at a city like Chicago, which admittedly has an incredible amount of historical segregation. Mm-hmm. You know, the, Chicago is a is is a is I just, a. I just read an article. It's the most segregated city in the United States. Is that right? Yes, yeah. I didn't yes. Know that. And we've yeah. used we've used infrastructure and physical barriers to keep neighborhoods uh, segregated yeah. from yeah. others. I yeah. mean, look at the, the, the Kennedy, the the Kennedy, the I Dan Ryan, the, the Ab- Dan absolutely. the Dan Ryan uh, Expressway. Yep. Um, rail yards, things like that. Yeah. So what we do, Ed, is we have programs that seek to give opportunities and create hubs. We have workforce development programs in the Cook County um, that are we have the highest we have probably have the highest density here in Cook County than anywhere else in the country. But for the longest time, it felt like we were doing work mm-hmm. that wasn't translating into results. Right. So what we've done is work with our contractor partners in the construction trades. Yep. Have expanded into hospitality. Now we're looking at other industries like uh, childcare, mm-hmm. um, uh, security, things like that, in order to create opportunities for folks to like. I want to work. Yeah. Right. I want to work. We partner with community organizations, other people that can identify candidates. I want to work. Well, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. I want to have dignity, right? Right. They come in sometimes they want to do one they want to do one job. We find out maybe they have an aptitude to do another, but we want to make sure that if someone wants an opportunity, we get them the opportunity. And that's whether they want to be an electrician yep. or they want to be a line cook at one of Chicago's most beautiful hotels, right? right? We are through Hire 360, which is this program, we are we are doing the things to build personal infrastructure around people so that way we don't put them through a program and just turn them loose and not follow up and case manage them into their career. Yeah. Right. So we have built a program to help case manage people into a career. And I think I told you, or I said this on the radio a couple of weeks ago, I got a call from a retired teacher who wanted to get her grandkids in, and we put her, put them in touch with <coughs> the diversity inclusion folks, mm-hmm. and they use the Hire 360, and now these kids have summer jobs in well, the building trades, and hopefully that will turn into regular careers. So and and, and if, by the way, and if, if the building trades is not something that turns out the something that, like, Gets to keeps their interest or is the way that they want to follow. We will figure it out for them. We will it. help figure it out. That's awesome. Sorry, Ed. We, you know, we've got to take a, a quick break, but uh, Bob, you're going to stay with us for another segment. So everybody, stick with us. We'll be back with more in a few minutes, right here on the Workers' Mic on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ken. Sitting next to me is Ed. And we are lucky to have Bob Ryder, uh, head of the Chicago Federation of Labor, still with us. You know, you talked about uh, Hire 360 uh, before the commercial break. I want to get I want to talk about that um, because we've mentioned it tangentially a couple of times. And, I, you know, I don't know enough about it myself, and I should. So just give us a, a, an overview. What is Hire 360? So Hire 360, you know, a lot of people would describe it different ways. I'm going to describe it the way um, the, the way it evolved for me. Um, so Hire 360 is an outgrowth of a program that we started with United Way called Access United, which was connecting uh, people from the United Way's community uh, partner network and other community organizations to jobs in the building trades, but not in a way where we just send them an application and fill mm-hmm. out the application to get it into an apprentice program. Yeah. But here is what it takes to get the application done, to be successful in doing the application. And by the way, we are going to stay with you right. and work with the apprenticeship program and work with the union and the contractors to make sure that you get employed and that you're able to stay employed because becoming an apprentice but not becoming a journey person doesn't help you build a career. Right. So there so what we did then was take the idea of hire three of Access United, build that partnership out with our developer and contractor community, and take the next step, and that is to add other components. So we can have an overall jobs hub, hub that's not just limited, not just limited to the building trades, but also include the hospitality industry, um, you know, the supply uh, supply chain industry. Like if you work in the trades, and you know, there's obviously uh, material production, things like that. Sure, uh, we're looking at things around childcare right now, healthcare. Um, you know, ways so that people, when they come in off the street, and they wanna they wanna be successful. Maybe they think they want to be, they want to do one job, and we find out maybe you have an aptitude right. for another, or your sure. or your interest has changed. The the key is though is that someone wants to have that dignity in the workplace that they want to have a career and they want to be able to provide for themselves and their family. So I've said many many times on this show that um, there are a lot of people in the city of Chicago who are um, sort of underserved by. Uh, the public school system, and that is uh, a lack of career training, a lack of technical training that used to be present in some of the trade schools and other things. So, um, you know, a lot of there are there's higher 360. There are groups within the building trades that are trying to provide um, sort of the stepping stone to fill that gap between the skills that you have coming out of high school and the skills that you need to get into an apprenticeship program. So, I think this is this is incredibly important work that you're talking about in, across a lot of industries. I know the building trades are working on putting together a high school that's going to take in its first class this fall. Hope Academy, I believe it's going to be called. Um, but you, what what you're doing is the work that uh, you know has left so many people kind of on the sidelines. They want to work, and businesses want people who want to work. Um, but you're you're just connecting that for them, and and without that, I don't know where yeah. where people wind up. So you know the the change the the shift away from vocational training mm-hmm. happened in the late '80s and during the '90s, and it was not driven by the people who understand what kids need. It wasn't driven by teachers. It wasn't right. driven by. Uh, people that worked in apprenticeship programs or people who worked in the industrial sector. It was it was pushed by people at the very top who didn't have any practical experience on the ground. Usually people who, you know, have make have, money on student loans. Yeah. Well, and have that money falling also, yeah, out of their pockets uh, to drive. The same people shipping jobs overseas. I don't need that anymore. We yeah. got no more manufacturing and, you know, no more construction and blah, blah, blah. But. Let's go back to this. How do you get a hold of of uh, Hire Three Hundred and Sixty? Well, one one way is to go on to Hire Three Hundred and Sixty's website, Hire Three Hundred and Sixty Chicago dot com, and then 
and then fill out an assessment form on there that helps give our folks over at Hire 360 information, okay. uh, good contact information for for you, and then we can start the assessment part to figure out where you where you can plug in and how we can best uh, help there, and serve is there, you. Is there a phone number? Uh, you know, the best way, actually, Ken, is through the web portal. And okay. since, you know, say it again, hire360chicago.com. It's not that we're not, we're not, we don't use phones anymore. I know we don't, have, I mean, I, I know you still have a fax machine. Um, <laughs> I have a type but, you know, He faxes me memes a couple times pro- a week. You know, part of the problem, you know, most people, most people are going on their, going on their phone to look for forms like this. Ken's yeah. using it to do dial up with AOL, yeah. but, um, but higher, th- but because you can actually submit the information um, and any other com- contact information you might need, you can fire up, find on hire360chicago.com. So is it is it a spinoff of the CFL? So um, yes and no. Um, it's not a it's not a it's not a direct spinoff of the CFL. It's a project that the CFL helped lead, um, and we build partnerships with people in the construction industry is that we're a, looking at the same board, programs like a board yeah th- so there's a board is it not for profit it's a not for it's a not for profit board right it, it includes people from the from the labor movement mm-hmm. um people from the building trades people from unite here um which is a union that represents hospitality and service workers yep. um people from the employer community it is a board that um reflects both the diversity of the city but also um also, the diversity of work that we do. So uh, we do have Don Villar, who's the secretary treasurer of the CFL. Yeah, uh, Filipino uh, immigrant, mm-hmm. uh, award-winning news writer, producer for mm-hmm. Channel Seven. Got to throw that in there about Don. Um, Don and, and a community activist uh, represents the CFL on the board and does a great job doing it. And there, like you just said, there are employer representatives on that board. Oh yeah, employer. And- Employer, both both employers that are fantastic. Per, per, performing work directly, but also the people that are project owners, the people who drive who drive. So getting their uh, buy in obviously is important. In, yeah. in this regard, and right. people want to solve the problem. The, right. the, the 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 problem has been that all of our resources have been disconnected. And and by the way, Hire Three Hundred and Sixty is not there to displace people doing good work. Uh, providing workforce solutions. We're there as a partner. We're there to help connect people. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of gap-filling work. Our biggest our biggest asset is our ability to case manage people through you know, the process. I, I'm, I'm glad that you said the displacement word, right? Because that is a dog whistle. And, and people are like, oh, they're coming to take your jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at these immigrants. They're coming to take your jobs. And, you know, it, blah, blah, blah. Well, Me- uh, Meanwhile, I meant, displa- meanwhile uh, I meant displacement in terms of knocking other people doing workforce work out of out of out of the space. Oh, I I, yeah. I, t- I took it some, some somewhere different, but, <laughs> yeah. but you yeah. know what happened? Uh, nobody wants to work, and we can't hire people, and etc. Look, I'm, we, we labor right now. In my humble opinion, is in a is in a perfect storm. Yes, approval of unions are, are high. The Biden. Uh, uh, bipartisan infrastructure bill is providing tons of work. We have tons of uh, work here in Illinois, for example, right? Uh, there's, like we talked about, um, manufacturing's coming back, which right. then will, you know, turn into, well, you know, construction jobs and building ship, ship manufacturers and battery uh, plants and things like that. There, I will tell this, you, this is now is the time to, to get these young men and women of color into the trades, into these programs, and get them good, solid working class. We careers. can create. We can create opportunities for uh, people who are immigrants, who are refu- who are refugees. We can create opportunities for people uh, in the west and south side of Chicago, black black Chicagoans. We can create opportunities for everyone. 
so no one has to be left behind. Right. Good. So people who are standing on the sidelines, like Willie Wilson, throwing darts and saying that the labor movement's not doing enough to promote diversity, he's wrong. And well, I mean, what what are the numbers? Do you yeah, have any numbers? What, yeah, on, are, let, yeah, let's hear what the CFL's numbers are. Well, I mean, are. I mean, uh, these are these are rough numbers based uh-huh. on voter data and uh, things like that. But you know. Um, and this takes into account both people who are registered to vote and not registered to vote that are in the labor movement. Yep. You know, about 30, I would say about 34% of um, the the people that are affiliated with the C- the unions that are affiliated with the CFL, about 34% are black, about 33% are white, 20% are Latino, and the other 10% falls to folks that um, we can't identify racially or demographically or um, are of uh, Asian descent, right? So it'll it'll be a mixture. Of, it you know. sounds pretty diverse to me. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and but but here's here's where the work needs to be done. We need to make sure that while we have we have that balance, uh-huh. that we're also making sure that that balance is also reflective in the um, in the in the jobs. Um, so the, it's, so the, it's more evenly spread, right? So it's more yeah. evenly spread. Yeah, which is which, but the but we start from a pretty good place yeah right we start from a pretty good place of making sure that we have representation for folks and that we're advocating for wages and benefits that help level the playing field for everyday chicagoans that's right i i think that's right well Look, said you, you, you talk about you know the building trades and and you know jim sweeney came on here and said like you know look we he, he said We've done a disservice, and, and we need to do better. He's hired a diversity, you know, uh, Marcus Jordan. Uh, the laborers, right, they're 42 or 52, I forget the number, percent uh, people of color already, right? So so, so they get it. So Yeah, right. we have a lot of building trades that are majority-minority unions, sure. as, as we do also um, public sector yeah, uh, unions sure. and industrial unions. Yeah. We all, you know, there there are places where we can where we can do better. We will continue to 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 work in that in that end and that's the beauty of the labor movement there's a lot of there's a lot of other sectors of our society where people say that they want to do more but it's it's words on a piece of paper yeah. and it's not it's not action it's not it's not people um, whose hands are bleeding whose hands are whose hands are working on the on the topic that are fighting that are that are that are that are going to bed worrying about how they can do better the next day it's about folks who are who are worried about what the what what the what the stock market's going to say about uh, their DEI program. Right, we need to right. live the DEI program. It shouldn't be a program. What's it DEI? should be our what's DEI? Uh, diversity, um, equity, and inclusion. Got it. Those are words that we should be living in what we in everything we do. So it's really inspiring to hear you say that because I think Chicago is the epicenter of unionism. In the United States, it's yeah, the hometown uh, of the American labor movement. All, all day, every day, and, and and you see it. You know, you live it, you breathe it. Same, same. Mm-hmm. It, it, but you know, if it's going to start and we're going to do something, it's going to be done right here in Chicagoland. And and I say Chicagoland, I'm including you know broader sense. It's not just the city of Chicago, but you're seeing this spread into the Midwest right now. Right, and you're seeing you know great things happening in Wisconsin. They're fighting like hell, and obviously what just happened in Michigan and the Workers' Rights Amendment. And all of these things, like, it, it, there's there's never, like, Chicago doesn't sit down and stop. No. Right? And people like you, the Chicago Federation of Labor and the Illinois Federation of Labor and the building trades and, you know, all the, these progressive unions. Look what happened when we had our, our picket for, uh, you know, for... Um, the writer's strike, right. you know, a, a month ago, whatever it was. I mean, that was an absolute blast, and it was everybody coming together, right? Where do you see that, building trades coming to, to support 
writers. You know? Yeah, I mean, we have a great working class history, not only in Chicago, but in the surrounding area. You look at Chicago, Rockford, Joliet, Peoria, Elgin, Aurora. These are these were major hubs of uh, of in, of industrialism, yeah. of uh, working class working class identity and history, and it's important because when we when people try to scuttle working the working class identity. That means they're just trying to drive drive the gap between the wealthy and the average person uh, wider. Well, they're doing a pretty good job of that on their own. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're just making more money. You know, I heard something. There's, there's, there's no inflation at the moment. It's called greedflation. <laughs> yeah. Literally, that's, a, yeah. that's there's a phrase for it, and it's a, you know everything's more expensive. Not because products cost more. Uh, but because they're making money, well, yeah. More money, I mean, I mean, right? Joe, Joe, people Joe, like Joe Biden's not driving the price of gas, right? Capitalists are driving the price of gas. Of course, <laughs> that's that's one that I I never get tired of seeing people uh, fighting about. You know, my president's got the price of gas down. My yeah. president, you know, your yeah. president is no. raised. Presidents have nothing to do with it. I mean, OPEC has a lot to do with it. O- OPEC and some people sitting in uh, boardrooms in Texas, right? <laughs> they're not sweltering though, or dying on the job like the poor. No, 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 no. Right? They have they have nice air conditioning yes, in those buildings. And, and they're they, always and, in places that are hot that have nice pools and air conditioning, and they get water breaks. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's inspiring to have you here, Bob, and and I've known you for a long time as well, and uh, you know, very proud of the work that you're doing, and it's good to see that you know, and I see, I think you speak for how many people, Bob? Close to a million people. Yeah. So we we cover we we represent 300 unions and in turn represent half a million workers, a million workers. in uh, in Chicago and Cook County. But effectively, are, it's bigger than that because of you know the unions we represent go all over the state. And there are about what a million uh, union members in the state. There, of just under just under a million union members. Yeah. You know. But it's nice to, to hear from labor leaders like yourself that you know you're not resting on your laurels. Right. You're not just you know in the service model or we're just going to take care of what we have and not worry about it. You're constantly pushing the envelope, looking for new ideas, way to bring people into the to the movement. You know, quite frankly, I'm, I'm actively working on burning myself out. <laughs> act, how much? Act, uh, how much longer do you think you got? I, I'm, I'm, I I'm not. I'm I not. It. I'm not sure. I got to. You know, problem is, is you, you burn yourself out too much. You start. You know, you, you, you become you, useless. So you got to. You got <laughs> to take care of yourself. Yeah. Like I know your cholesterol is down, right? Oh, my cholesterol is down uh, incredibly. Way to go! Yeah. Congratulations! Way to go. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm working on getting mine up right now. <laughs> I, listen. Uh, I think we're out of time. Thank Thanks. you so much for for coming and sitting with us, by the man, Bob. Thanks, sure. Ken. Yeah. Thanks, Ed. Uh, You've been listening to The Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN. We'll be back next week. Uh, Take care and have a wonderful 4th of July. Be safe. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to The Worker's Mic. We don't have a ton of time left today, but uh, just wanted to... That Bob Ryder's a long talker. <laughs> yeah, he, he, uh, I thought I liked to hear myself speak. He's a natural, though. Yeah, no, he's he's good and um, handsome. I wouldn't call him handsome, yeah. but that's you know, teach his own. I love you, Bob. Hey, um, what are you doing for the fourth? Uh, going to a uh, uh, family uh, friend has a lake house. We're going up there, uh, hoping to get Where? out on the water in uh, somewhere in Wisconsin. I'm that's not actually nice. sure. Good for you. Yeah. What about you? Um, you know, in my neighborhood. They have a thing at uh, a park where they just, like, parents get together and they just light off copious amounts nice. of fireworks. I love that. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just dads, basically, that, you know, probably drive to Indiana and get all these, because, like, you can't get fireworks here. Right. Right? They're illegal in here. But yeah. it's, you know, 
illegal, uh-huh. if you will. So I, I, they just light off a ton of fireworks, and sometimes I go, sometimes I don't. I don't like. I'm afraid that I'm like gonna blow my fingers off. I'm with you. you know I've, I mean? I've had a couple of close calls with fireworks in yeah. my younger days. Yeah, and I, I tend to stay away now. Same. I, I'm not. I'm not touching any. So, you know, mix, mix uh, you know, quarter stick of dynamite and beer. Yeah, bad news. Super bad. News. One's going to win, and it's the dynamite. <laughs> you minus four fingers, <laughs> right? Nine toes later. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm going to do. I, do you I, uh, I do you cook out? Yeah, for sure. Like we'll grill. You know, it depends how the weather is. But I'm also, you know, I hate to say, like I'm also in bed pretty early. Like, yeah. And, and I could sleep through the like megasonic booms. You know, yeah. whatever's like boom. It's just like never ending in Chicago. Yeah. Like if you're in Chicago, Fourth of July. It starts at around five o'clock before yeah. it even gets dark out. It just goes all night long. Yeah. And if you walk around the next day, you see like just the this uh, all the debris from right. all the fireworks that and like wow, there's you know sixteen Roman candles in my backyard. I used to go down to Mount Greenwood, mm-hmm. uh, a neighborhood on the south side of Chicago. Shout out to Mount Greenwood and. There are a lot of police officers that live in Mount Greenwood. Yes. So I don't know where all these fireworks come from, but the whole neighborhood comes out and they just sit in people's lawns and every street has mountains of fireworks. Like the most fireworks that I've ever seen in neighborhood <laughs> just getting blown off and you sit there and it's just it's blowing up right over your head and it's awesome, but you know, there's just flaming debris raining down on your car and and everywhere so when i lived in a townhouse that i literally used to take a hose and wet my roof because yeah. i was so afraid that it would catch fire yeah i'm dead serious about it interesting yeah that's what i would do huh probably a little overboard well whatever i don't know well hopefully you have a a good time you i'm too. uh you i'm too. definitely cooking out and uh I yeah go go america right right i think so yeah i think yeah all right brothers and sisters well we will be back next week mm-hmm. uh, right here on The Worker's Mic, 720 WGN. The preceding episode of The Worker's Mic was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of The Worker's Mic, visit WGNRadio.com.